Hey, Tom. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to What Are You Listening To, the weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Tom Vale. Tom is an Austin-based music supervisor and founder of Frog Music Licensing. You've most likely heard Tom's work as he's been involved with the music for some of recent history's most popular shows, like Six Feet Under, Sons of Anarchy, and Walker, just to name a few. We'll talk more about how Tom got into being a music supervisor and his process for finding music for a hit TV show in between our songs. Also, did you know that now on Spotify, you can listen to the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. Just search for What Are You Listening To With Music. If you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Tom, what are you listening to this week? Okay. Well, I brought in two songs. Uh, the first is Mermintaw Bridge by Rod Gator. Uh, and then the second is Season of the Witch by Donovan. Um, so we can get right into talking about Mermintaw Bridge. Yeah. Tell me about this song. Like I always call out when somebody brings a new song because it's rare for me, honestly, because I'm such a like rabid consumer of all music that I get so excited when somebody brings a song or an artist that I'd never heard of. And you have the honorable distinction of bringing both. I had not heard this song and I was not familiar with this artist. So tell me about it because I really did get into the song um, and I'm anxious for the listeners to hear it. So tell me about this song. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, this is a pretty obscure one. He's local. Um, you know, he, uh, I believe is originally from Louisiana, um, but is living and working here. And even for a local Austin artist, I feel like he's a little bit underground. Like there's sort of a network of Austin artists that all play in the same places and hang out and like, you know, back each other at gigs. And I feel like Rod is a little bit off to the side of that. Okay. Um, and so he is, you know, a little bit unknown, but he's somebody who I work with and I, you know, sometimes I meet with these people who I'm, I'm possibly going to add to the catalog and I already am somewhat familiar with their music. Yeah. Um, so I knew he had a song uh, called Westgate okay. that had a lot of play on KETX and I knew him from that. Uh, and then when I went to meet with him, I sort of started combing through whatever else I could find. And I found Mermintaw Bridge. Um, and I just love Mermintaw Bridge. And I just started listening to it over and over and over again. And when you were, it, when we were getting ready to do this, I was trying to approach it and sort of like, what am I genuinely listening to right now? As it, right. Otherwise it was just too many options. Like there's just too, like, bring any two songs is just like uh, I it was wide open and I couldn't figure it out and so I was just like all right this is these are two that I am actually right now into um and Mermitaw Bridge I mean it's such a groove 
it's like such a like like it immediately starts within like five seconds you're like locked into this song I feel like I totally agree. And it it totally took me back to a certain time period of songs, right? Like this, the story song, like Fancy or Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I immediately was in that mode. But I feel like this song for me, I do this a lot. And I'm sure if I ever had artists on the, like when I do have musicians on the show, they're like, I usually ask beforehand because com- I know comparing is despairing. But to me, this song is a perfect combination of Ode to Billy Joe by Bobby Gentry yes. and Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Petty. Right? Uh, Isn't yeah, this I hadn't song? thought of that one, but the first one for sure. I thought if those of, yeah. two songs had a baby, but, yeah, it would be totally. Merman Tobridge, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I like I love that. Like it it has so much atmosphere to it. Yes. Uh, and it re- like you immediately are kind of there with him when he's talking totally about agree. being beneath the Mermintaw Bridge with Brian and he talks about Brian and you're sort of yep. like, you don't know who Brian is, but you kind of feel like you already understand like the friendship. Well, and then this uh, girl shows up too a little yes. bit. That's why I got a little bit of Ode to Billy Joe, you know, because there was so mm-hmm. much controversy about what they were throwing off the bridge right like i'm like well how did this girl come in like what is brian a girl like what's going on yeah 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 i know i had the exact same i was like so wait is it supposed to is that brian like it's yeah and it's very murky and you only learn it's only like one verse about the girl and it's a little bit like vocally it's a little bit different like it gets even murkier there Mm -hmm. uh like you know he's done something else to, to the vocals and and it's um uh he like he gives you like two lines about the girl you know something about how she's i'm trying to remember so he's misunderstood or she's mistreated and then how like he can feel her lips yep uh and so there's like you, you understand that there is some kind of a relationship there and you get a lot about who she might be uh but then that's it and then it's just sort of I don't know. There's so much mystery to the song that I really like that too. And I, yeah, I love that about it. It kept me listening over and over again. And like, I often fall into the trap too, because I am such a lyrics person where like, I get really like deep into them. And you know, that's why an artist like a Taylor Swift or somebody with a billion Easter eggs is great for me because I love to just like go crazy and go deep. And this one was so cool for that because it is, it's like, it's so I wrote one of the notes that I wrote is it's so swampy, you know, mm-hmm. like you're immediately yeah. in it with them. And so yeah. um, I do love like the mystery and you said it, the atmosphere. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, too, because I picked a song that I think um, is very moody and atmospheric. Um, yes. So. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely I love Mormon Bridge and this whole um, album, which I think is called for Louisiana, which mm-hmm. was released in 2021, is is really it's a good listen. The whole mm-hmm. thing. I liked yeah. it. I I liked his music. Um, and so I was really, um, and, and I didn't know, I, I wasn't sure if this guy was somebody that you'd worked with or somebody, if you've used his music in a, in a particular show or like you, I, now you said you were, Not yeah, yet, you were licensing I it. Yeah. I certainly yeah. Uh, expect to and, and hope to. Yeah. Because it, it does have so much atmosphere to it. So uh, much. Well, and yeah. we, we talked before, you know, we started recording that your job is like a dream job of mine. I think it's so cool to be able to pick music for shows. And especially now when that's really 
for some shows, it's driving it, you know, like you really see soundtracks being almost as popular as the actual show. Um, so I know this is probably an impossible question, like it is when I ask you to only pick two songs and you're a music supervisor. Um, but like, what is your dream show, like past or present to pick music for? Oh, I mean, I don't know if there is one. I mean, you know, the show that I'm working on right now is a dream in the sense that they are very into using local music and they yeah. are very into using a lot of music. And so it's just those two things, you know, makes it very exciting. I guess yeah. my, my dream show might have a larger budget <laughs> for licensing music than this one does because we are limited by that. But right. um, even... Even that being said, the budget limitation means we use a lot of indie music. We can't use big name songs. And yeah. so that's also kind of fun. Uh, you know, it means you're looking for things that you almost, almost 100%, I would say, are, we're not familiar with already. There's yeah. almost nothing, you know, there's occasional songs that we use that are recognizable songs, but usually it's you're finding somebody who most of the audience and, and who even like we haven't heard until they were submitted to us. Which is amazing to me. You know, I love that. Um, and again, part of why I think your job must feel like a dream job most days, you know, we shared this is that I think that that was, especially when I was younger, that was such a, a prominent way for me to discover new music was television shows and movies. And it wasn't really very cool back then, right? Like it, right. pulling a song off a movie soundtrack, and we'll talk about this again, too, when we get to my picks, but it just wasn't a very very cool thing to do. And so now I'm really happy that the line between music and television and streaming and Spotify and all of it has sort of crossed over to the point that that is a cool way to find music because I think there's so many, there are so many shows out there that are just delivering like on the music front over and over again. And if you want to know what the music sounds like in Austin, or I was saying to somebody after watching Walker, like if you're thinking about moving here, mm -hmm. take it, like watch a few episodes because it really does. There's like Austin is almost a character in the show the city totally. yeah yeah they very definitely much so. do very a lot so. and, about showcasing it and they also i mean the producers on the show were very open to they did not want to present like sort of an alt country version of austin they really mm -hmm. wanted to present like austin as it is today yep. uh, and so that meant including you know definitely some alt country but including all kinds of different stuff you know neo yeah. soul and electronic music and punk and you know, straight ahead rock and all kinds of stuff. So totally so much yeah. good stuff. I mean, we're not the live music capital of the world for nothing out That's here. Right. That's right. Well, let's talk about your second pick, which is an all time favorite of mine. Tell me what your second song was again. Second song is season of the witch by Donovan. Um, oh. And I, I know it's such an unusual, for me, this is an unusual, like if you had Love talked it. to anybody who knows me and tried to guess what I was going to pick for the, they would not have come up with Donovan Cena's okay. in a million years. Um, it's not like I'm a huge Donovan fan. Uh, I just, I think it is a little bit, it's got some things in common, I think with Mermintaw Bridge where it's mm -hmm. really got this amazing groove to it. And kind of like a creepiness to it. Yeah. Um, but I, it's one of these songs, too, that I grew up hearing all this classic rock stuff, like, mm -hmm. for years and years and years and years and years. And then there's these certain songs that, like, I had heard Season of the Witch for 20 or 30 years. 
And I just feel like this week, suddenly I love Season of the Witch. Like it's <laughs> it, it's like something, same thing happened to me with Steely Dan, where I heard Steely oh. Dan for years and years and years. And it was always just kind of like wallpaper. And then at some point it was like, oh my gosh, Steely Dan is amazing. Like, and I love it. Uh, and yeah, Season of the Witch, uh, you know, the the when he starts singing in Season of the Witch and he says, like, he's looking out the window as yeah. I look out. He says it so, like, he's so weird. He says it yeah. so strange. He says, like, window. Yeah. And it, it just, like, you immediately get this kind of creepy vibe from him. Um, and I... I don't know. Like there's, and they use it. I mean, speaking of music supervision, they don't use season of the witch, but they use uh hurdy gurdy man. Hurdy gurdy man. In uh, Zodiac. Yep. Um, in the opening of Zodiac. And it's so well done and it's so creepy. And it's Which his what... daughter is in too, right? Ioni Sky, who we That's... all know from Say Anything, um, was also in Zodiac and is That's Donovan's right. daughter. That's yeah. right. Which I did not know until this week because I was like, I don't know anything about Donovan. I got to look up Donovan. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I did not know Ioni Sky was his daughter. Anyway, so yes. Well, um, and it's so funny. Like I wrote the note on here. Like I love Donovan. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's actually like not true because Donovan has been really he's like releasing music today that I have no idea of. What I'll say is that Donovan's greatest hits, the CD, like I can still see the cover was like a college staple. It was one of those that like that was sort of my awakening, I guess, to Donovan. Like it was I'd heard it with my parents, you know, like they but we had music on all the time when I was a kid in the house or the car. And um, Jennifer Juniper is a Donovan song. So that's always been one that, you know, my dad would say Jennifer Juniper um, to me. And so and Sunshine Super. Man, I remember hearing that one too. That's another freaky deaky song of his, um, Mellow mm -hmm. Yellow. Like those are some of the hits that people know. Um, but they're all on that Greatest Hits album. And it's so worth checking out. Like if you just want to dip your toe into Donovan, if you like mm -hmm. Season of the Witch, just check out that Greatest Hits album. It's got like all of the classics, some extra stuff, but it really does. I feel like it it um, gives you a taste of what Donovan is, is all about. And I think it's funny because I was looking back um, on past episodes to see if we'd featured Donovan. And the la the only other time we did was another song from a movie um, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. I had, uh, well, not, not this last time he was on, but maybe two times before our good friend Don Sento was on mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. And um, we were talking about a Donovan song called Ricky Tiki Tavi that was featured in the movie Barbarian. In like oh, a, really, okay. a really, a yeah. really like crazy, weird like scene where it like takes you out of sort of this horror film and drops you in the middle of Justin Long driving along the coast, the PCH in Los Angeles, um, while Ricky Tiki Tavi plays. And so I'm like, how interesting that when Donovan comes back around, it's again we're talking about um, not that this has been used. Well, you know what's funny is this is a song too that I always thought like. I I was waiting for a, like a remake to take off. Mm -hmm. Like I, I thought this song would be perfect to have like it's Kate Bush, like running up that hill moment. Right. Totally. Yep. And so when Lana Del Rey redid it for yep. um, Guillermo del Toro's um, scary stories to tell in the dark, I'm like, this is it. This is going to be the moment that season of the witch is going to catch on, you know, and everybody's going to go crazy and nope, still didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. I listened to the Lana Del Rey after I picked this one too. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't do it for me as much. Yeah, um, me neither. I I don't know. I'm curious. I would be curious to know if Donovan 
was being intentionally creepy with all of these songs with Hurdy Gurdy Man and, and Season of the Witch. I mean, he must have known that he was getting a vibe here that was... I think so. And I think yeah. he was probably pretty high, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing, yeah. but... Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I'm... like, lyrically, Season of the Witch is, like, to me, some of it's, like, a little bit hokey, like, really going yes. for, like, a, you know, isn't this trippy type of yes. thing. Rabbits but, running I mean, in ditches and yeah, things yeah. like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I mean, I just, like, I love the groove of the song. I love how he, like... It goes kind of crazy in the chorus and yep. like feels very out of like it feels uh, like um, white rabbit a little bit, you know, yeah. like the yeah. full like psychedelic, like freak out. But then it like resolves back into that groove again. Yep. That's my favorite part of the song every time is when we're coming out of the chorus and it's just right back into the groove. Um, totally. It's just so it's such good. a cool song. If you if you're not familiar with Donovan listeners, like I said, go check out that greatest hits album. It's a great way to dip your toe in and you get this song and some of his other popular hits. Um, and it's it's just a good way to experience the magic and kookiness that is Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, with that, we transitioned into my picks, which we also went a little, um, I definitely like if Moody was the theme for, um, for this, this week's episode, I, I feel like we both got the assignment, right? (laughs) And we didn't, we didn't pick this. It wasn't like we had a theme. We both just came with these really like moody, atmospheric, perhaps some may say cinematic songs. But you didn't, you didn't pick your two after seeing my too like this was independent is that this was this was independent and i um i I was just blown away though by how well they fit because i do the same thing too i go back and look on spotify at like what i've had on throughout the week and my first pick is one that i just like rediscovered and just have constantly been listening to this week it's a song called you look like rain by morphine Um, And Morphine is one of those bands that a lot of people, some people know, some people don't. Um, They're, again, a kind of an obscure reference, I think. Um, Will you tell me, were you you familiar with Morphine? Had you listened to any of their music? I was definitely familiar with Morphine and had the Cure for Pain album and listened to it constantly when I was, well, probably when it came out, which was when I was 22 or 23 years old. I was living in New York and every time I hear morphine, it makes me think of New York City. Um, And I didn't, uh, so I think I knew You Look Like Rain, but it's off of a different album and I Mm -hmm. didn't have good, I don't think. So I was very familiar with Cure for Pain, but I was less familiar with this song. Uh, But I mean, I absolutely love morphine. And I mean, talk about like atmosphere too i mean it they are so distinct like nobody else sounds like morphine nobody and i had the when you it's funny to hear you talk about it reminding you of being in new york it reminds me of the other coast it reminds Mm -hmm. me of being in la um because the band after um i think they spent a short time on ryko disc but they signed with dreamworks records while i was working at dreamworks studios um and so i had the opportunity to see morphine a couple times um when dreamworks records was doing showcases and i just was i had not like you said i'd not heard anything like it um 
Um, it's immediately like you're stepping into a smoky jazz club, you know, and you just can any any of their songs that come on. And this is off of um, an album called Good that came out in 1992. Um, and it, it's just every time it takes me to an exact time and place in real life, which was my life at times in Los Angeles. And then I'm immediately pulled into like this, like I said, the seedy jazz joint where there's a lot of smoke and everybody's drinking martinis and it just feels very like beatnik. And we're all talking about, you know, our favorite songs and independent bands, you know, it just feels like this really cool place to be when I listen to Morphine. Yes. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was a very like, it was sort of the romantic version of the life that I was living at the time. It was like, that's kind of what I wanted to be like. I wanted to live in a morphine song. And I right. was sort of doing that, but like also there's just ordinary life happening all the time. So it doesn't all feel right. quite that like romantic and cinematic, but, but well, and it does. Untimely end too. So I guess we don't want to romanticize them too, too much, but um, th- that is one of the bands that I'm sad. Mark Sandman, for those that don't know, was one of the founding members and lead singer um, who tragically died, I believe on stage. He had a heart attack on stage. If I remember the story correctly in Italy, um, and yeah, so we know we, we, we will not be getting any more um, morphine music, which makes me very sad because they were they're one of a kind. And if you've not listened to morphine, if you're not familiar, definitely that Cure for Pain album is great. Good is a good album. There's I mean, they have, I think, five. I think they released five albums in their time. Um, and any one that you pick up is not going to disappoint. So yeah. um, I think that they are are phenomenal and often don't get enough um, credit or recognition because they they weren't around. They didn't have an opportunity to be around for a very long time. Speaking, though, flipping the script of bands that have been around for a really long time or artists with staying power, <laughs> we'll get to my second pick which is an all-time favorite. I can't believe this hasn't featured on the show yet after a whole year. But my second pick is Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. So this is like maybe maybe one of the first no-skip albums I ever heard. It was either this or Hotel California by the Eagles, like growing up. Um, and that the this is from the moon dance album anybody that has has parents probably has heard that <laughs> i'm like right like everybody's parents like van morrison <laughs> my daughter's right. parents me and right. my parents right. <laughs> so everybody's parents like van morrison and the album came out in 1970 if you've not if it's been a minute since you've listened to moon dance go back and revisit the hit after hit after hit um but into the mystic is just i mean it, it's one of my top 5 love songs always I just think it's so beautiful the horns his voice all of it I can't find anything wrong with this song yeah yeah I mean it's yeah it's it's something that it feels like it's it's hard to listen to it as if it were a new creation it feels like something that has always existed yeah and and so it's like I was trying to to listen to it after you sent it. I was trying to listen to it as like, okay, what if I had never heard into the mystic before? What would it sound like to me? Um, but yeah, and it's an incredible song, of course. Um, and the horns, it was the first mm. thing that I wrote down when I was listening to it was horns. yeah, me <laughs> um, too. but they don't come in until like two minutes into the song, which is amazing because when I think about into the mystic, that's the first thing that I would think of too is that. Uh, 
that that yep. horn sound, which is amazing. So um, good. And Van Morrison, a little bit like Donovan for me too, where like I, but almost more so than Donovan, I would put him in a category with like Jackson Brown, who are these mm-hmm. artists who I heard and kind of dismissed sort of when I was younger, like, oh, yeah. they're kind of square, you know, like yeah. they're, Jackson Brown is not punk rock. Uh, Van Morrison is not punk rock. Like they're not, my parents like it. I'm yeah, not listening exactly, to it because my exactly. parents like it. Like it's too easy going and yeah. it doesn't feel like it's got an edge to it. And so, you know, when I was younger, I just thought, oh, there's, it's not that cool. And I rediscovered it really when I wasn't, I was still young, but went back and I listened to more than just brown eyed girl, which is right. what I feel like you heard on commercial radio, like yes. endlessly. And then like actually listen to like the two below honey album and like mm. full albums of Van Morrison where uh, then astral like, weeks. Oh my gosh, so good. Astral weeks. Yes. Yeah. And those albums are yeah. incredible. And I mean, Van Morrison is incredible. So yeah. So yeah. Good. I didn't, and I, I didn't, like I had just- less, uh, sorry. I just had less to say about into the mystic be- just because it, it feels like a Mona Lisa or something. It's sort of right. like, I, I don't know. What can I say about it? It's unbelievable. Exactly. It's a classic and you can. And I love, I love the way you phrase that too. Like imagining what it was like the first time you heard it. I'm even like now trying to go back to the first time I heard it. Cause it was one of those, like you said, it was like background music. My parents had that moon dance album. We listened a lot. Um, but then talking about crazy movies. This is a hilarious story. Embarrassing maybe to admit, but I fell in love with this song when I was probably in middle school and I was a big fan of the Corey's, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. (laughs) And they were in a silly little movie called Dream a Little Dream. And this song is on the soundtrack. And so, yeah, strangely, I came to it through this ridiculous movie. Do not watch it called Dream a Little Dream. (laughs) How's the rest Um, of the soundtrack? It's interesting. It also features the Michael Damien classic Rock On. Remember, he redid the 50s song Rock On. And um, he was Michael Damien was on The Young and the Restless. He was a soap opera star when I was a kid. And so he released a version of Rock On that was popular for a few minutes. um, And that was also on the soundtrack. Um, But yeah, like no bands that really like did anything. There's a great song Mm -hmm. called Time Runs Wild, but it's just like 80s teen yeah. movie candy right? right that's all that's and, there and van morrison and van morrison and yeah. into the mystic that's amazing um and yeah. the original version of the song dream a little dream which is actually a oh, beautiful right. you know yeah. standard um yeah, so that too but um but yeah it's random that these like classic songs you know dream a little dream and and into the mystic feature on this sort of teen rom-com cory film from the 80s <laughs> So that's how long music and television and the music from those have been influencing me. So Mm -hmm. I think it's got to be amazing for you to just like think about that whenever you're choosing songs or licensing music for shows that there's some kid out there that's going to hear a song that you picked for a show or a film and be like, oh my gosh, this song is amazing. Or an Austin band that you're going to break. That's the next big thing. Like that must feel so exciting and cool every time you go to work. 
I mean, yeah, I yeah, I have no complaints about this job. I love this job, and and I love I love doing it, and I love being able to find opportunities for some of these artists that we put in the show are people who I have known and worked with for years, um, and to be able to put their music into something that's in front of a national audience is is really cool, and yeah. uh, uh, some of it is really prominently used and some of it is not and so there's always you know sometimes like we pick a song and we put it in and it's really low in the mix and nobody hears it really but um even even those are great because it's like well it's in there you know and you, yeah you can, you can list it as being in there and then the ones that are super prominent are are just so much fun that's um, so yeah. cool. It's got to be so cool for you and for people that, like you said, you've known for years to get this kind of exposure. I love that. And I love that that's in your mind when you're thinking about, you know, the process. And speaking of, I mean, I guess I would love to hear just a little before we wrap up about the process. Do you, do you um, just read scripts and pick music? Do you have, is it a finished show before? So you get to visualize it? How, how early in the process do they bring music in? So they send me the scripts. Um, and so the first thing that I do is, you know, read the scripts and then sort of pick out scenes where it seems to me likely we will be using uh, a okay. song. Um, and so usually I go through the script and I pick out five or 10 scenes where I'm thinking, oh, we're probably going to want a needle drop here. Um, and then I put together uh, options for those scenes. So, you know, a lot of it will have to do with location or, you know, the, the action of the scene, of course. Uh, but, you know, there, there are, we have a recurring like local bar location and there's, you know, sort of a style of music that goes with the local bar. Uh, yeah. And so whenever there's a thing happening in that bar that's called the sidestep, you know, I can put together what feels right for the sidestep five or six songs and I send those off to the editors. Um, so for every scene, I, I send this full thing off to the editors and I copy in the producers so everybody can weigh in before the editors start to actually cut it in. Um, wow. And that's, so my input on creative doesn't entirely stop there, but that's most of my input on creative. You know, sometimes it, it, the editors will pick something out of that group throw it in there and we watch it and we feel like it doesn't quite work. It doesn't so work. Then we kind of bounce ideas back and forth and, and try to tinker with it. And, and then I, you know, I, I do a second round of ideas. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's, I pick that first set, the editors pull from that first set, place it in there. Then we, the entire team watches and edit together and we have a little bit of discussion about, you know, how well those things are working. And usually that's more along the lines of, do we need to drop out the vocal here? Do we want to start this needle drop a little bit later in the scene? Do we want to, um, you know, like make adjustments like that, as opposed to, do we want to swap this out entirely? But sometimes it is like, mm, that one just doesn't work. Let's try something completely different. Wow. In here. 
Um, yeah, I always wondered sort of what, you know, what the process was if you had visuals before you had to come up with the songs or if it was from the script oftentimes. So hearing that it's from the script. Well, if you ever need to add another person, you know, to CC to weigh in, you just, uh, you know, it's it's Janet's super awesome mix. So right go on. ahead and just include me because I'm happy to weigh <laughs> in anytime you need my untrained opinion, Tom. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so, so much for sharing what you're listening to this week and telling us so a little bit about your job and the work that you're doing on Walker. Um, it's really phenomenal. And I'm so, so excited that you're based here in Austin and you're looking for Austin artists. Um, I mean, not exclusively, but that makes me really happy that the show is not only filmed here, but also has so much local Austin flavor. So thank you so much. And listeners, to learn more about Tom and Frog Music Licensing, you can follow him on Instagram at Frog Music. That's F-R-O-G-M-U-S-I-C. And please be sure to follow, download, and share this show with everyone you know and all the people you'd like to know, because music is a great way to connect. Last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite songs.